Welcome to Beyond the Arena, the podcast where I bring on current and former athletes, not only talk about their mental performance and what they go through, but to hopefully help others as well. Let's get into it. Welcome to Beyond the Arena, the podcast where I bring on current and former athletes to talk about their mental performance. Today, I have the pleasure of bringing on uh, a newer guest, is former Coastal Carolina baseball second baseman, Peyton Neals. Peyton, thank you for coming on and just talking to me a little bit. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Spencer. Appreciate the opportunity. Uh, it's awesome that I had a, a chance to watch you throughout the season. This is your, your only season at Coastal now that you're graduated and looking forward to the draft. But... Today, just want to bring you on, talk about not only your background with baseball, but also your mentality as far as we'll get into your short stature and also like how much you contribute to the team and how quick you came to Coastal and pretty much led the team and being at the forefront. I was there your first game. I was there for the last one, which was pretty emotional, come off the field, and we'll jump into that. Just start off with your background in baseball, I guess, Ackworth, Georgia, where it started. Just start with your background and uh, give us how you started this journey of you being an awesome baseball player. Yeah, so I was uh, I was actually born in Arizona, but I moved to Ackworth when I was about eight years old. So I kind of consider that my my childhood uh, hometown. Um, playing baseball really since ever since I can remember, my dad started me. You know, really really young, gave me a ball and a tee, and from there I just kind of picked it up whenever. Um, I also played football and basketball, but uh, after high school, baseball was the one that, that I really saw that I could do the most with, and I really enjoyed it uh, the most out of all of them. Um, but, yeah, growing up in Georgia, I really loved it. Uh, in high school, I wasn't really the, the best you know, player in the world. I, you know, I, I was a decent, decent uh, little uh, infielder, but <laughs> um, nothing really special happened to me in high school, and I didn't really get a lot of looks. Um, as I got older, um, didn't even receive an offer out of Georgia, uh, out of high school, but then my senior season, I had a really good year. And, uh, from them, I, I really felt like something clicked and I had received one offer from a small school in Ohio called Cedarville as a D2 school. And one of our coaches had a connection up there to one of their guys. Um, and that was my only offer. So I took it and, and played you know, from 2019 to 2022 up there and really enjoyed it. But um, as I was, you know, kept playing there, I, I, I knew that, that, you know, I, I wanted to try my luck at the next level and I felt like I, I deserved it from what I had done back then. Um, so, yeah, I, I was able to get a call from Coach Gilmore, kind of a crazy story of how we linked up. But I felt like we clicked right away when he called me and, and that's how I ended up here. Nice. Let's jump into Cedarville, mm -hmm. which is complete polar opposite of Georgia, because mm -hmm. Ackworth is northwest, close outside of Marietta, close to Kennesaw, all the way outside of Dayton, Ohio. Tell, talk about the going from big time. I know it's the South and football's king, but big baseball school, Alatoona, right? Going to Cedarville. Talk about the change in environment and how that kind of 
not really mess with you, but that how you had to acclimate. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, the first thing that comes to mind is weather. I mean, it was complete change to what I'm used to. In Georgia, we started our season in February, and we'd, it'd still be like, or it would be like 50 or 60 degrees. But in Ohio, it's still, you know, 40 degrees, 30 degrees, and, and, and really windy. So uh, that was that was definitely a big switch. Um, but it kind of kind of molds you a different way if, if you can handle that. Uh, I felt like it was really good for me to be up there for a while. Um, but, yeah, in terms of, you know, how they treat baseball up there, it's really not – as big, even though you'll find some you know, some good competition, right. um, but yeah, I loved it back in Georgia. And to be honest, like it was tough sometimes in Ohio, just trying to like you know, because you it was it was hard, you know, watching you know other college teams on TV like like Omaha right now and being right. like, man, I feel like I could really you know, be with those guys. But um, I stuck with it. I really love my teammates up there, and I still talk to them to this day and. But yeah, I thought it was it was a really big shift for me mentally. I mean, it, it is for every college athlete, you know, going right. to a new school, especially if it's more than a couple hours from home. You know, every every you know student or athlete faces that uh, going to a different place and starting your own life and being being an individual. So it was it was definitely hard at some at some times, but um, I just stuck with it, and sooner or later you adjust to it. Right, that's not a far drive. I mean, that's not a short drive that's a yeah it's about long seven drive. hours right so were you able to make it home a whole bunch or did your parents go up there to see you play uh actually i went up there without a car to begin with my first two years so that was even more of a, a challenge that i faced i didn't really have the opportunity to go home when i, when I wanted to is when my parents could come back and get right me. i did the same thing in mm -hmm. alabama it's tough it is you're isolated you have nowhere to go yeah. except to go to school and play whatever sport you're playing mm -hmm. yep good um moving forward I had to look up your stats in order to do this and do my homework. But you started every game that you played in, mm -hmm. not only at Cedarville, but once you came to Coastal. So uh, at Cedarville, you played shortstop. Mm -hmm. They had you listed at 5'8". I had told them to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so More well, like 5'7", 5'6". 5'7". We're going to go with 5'7 and stick in the middle. But I just want to go over some stats real quick. Since you came to Coastal... First of all, I have your walk-up song stuck in my head every time you come up. Um, but from you starting the first game and me wondering who this this guy was at second base, and then them saying you're, you're a senior and this is your only year, but just going over some stats real quick and how let people know how, how much you contributed to this team. So 63 games played, 63 of those you started. Your slug percentage was... 492. Mm -hmm. Your on-base percentage, you were tied 25th in the country out of all college baseball players at 500. Mm -hmm. You were hit by <laughs> – I had to write this. You were hit by 20 pitches. You were tied for 24th. 7th uh, in stolen bases per game. So average, you were 7th uh, place right there. And then top one, stolen bases, you were 2nd with 24. And you finish your career starting every single game, being a five-seven shortstop slash second baseman from Ackworth, Georgia. Just talk about Coastal and how big of a difference that was from Cedarville mm -hmm. and stepping into a D one program, which I'm sure by that time you 
already heard that they won national championship. I'm sure Coach Gilmore talked about that. Yeah, I'm sure you heard he of did. Coast Carolina before mm-hmm. you came here. Just talk about the change in environment, how you got here, and then the level of play, how that changed, and probably made you had to level up a little bit as mm-hmm. far as being an athlete. Yeah, so <clears throat> um, being a you know good, decent player out of high school, I got to Cedarville, and you know with our coaches there, they uh, kind of helped me develop even more. And my freshman year, I hit 420 there which uh, was the best I've probably ever done in a year uh, in college, average-wise. But, um, yeah, being being at D2, I, I kind of felt like I had to put up those numbers in order to get a shot at the next level, you know. And to be honest with you, like, sometimes it was tough because I felt like, you know, even if our team didn't win if or a team w- did win and I wasn't performing well, I still, you know, felt that, that pressure and that, you know, almost didn't wasn't happy. And, and, and I really saw that as a problem as I continued to, uh, go throughout school, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I like, I didn't like that, um, I guess, mentality that I sort of had, but, uh, you know, I kept with it, and when I came here to Coastal, um, I kind of still had that, you know, thing about me, like, oh, I got to get a hit here, I got to, you know, make a certain play, I got to do this, do that, and to be honest with you, I got here, and I saw a little bit of success, but it started to, to, to kind of, you know, go off for a little bit, and I struggled for a little bit. I struggled in the, in the late fall, and then even early in the spring this this past year right. at Coastal. And I I always thought, you know, I had to be performing well. I got to be performing well. And eventually, you know, I, I I don't know if we kept stats for early spring, but I was probably hitting barely over two hundred, not getting on base at all. And finally, our coaches kind of had to bring me in for like a little intervention. I remember <laughs> talking to, to Coach and all about this, but he told me he's like we need you to be a guy that you're getting you're getting on base it doesn't it doesn't matter how you do it but you need to get on base and be a you know be a guy for this team that they can count on to to be on for them whenever they step up to the plate um and at the time like I remember this was a big thing uh, I I was always jumping out of the way to get out of hit by pitches right. I, the ball would be thrown at me and I'd be ducking out of the way and uh <laughs> That was one of the big things they were telling me about too. Like, if you want to be a leader on this team, you got to show the, like all your teammates that you're willing to take a beating in order for them to to succeed as well. And uh, I remember this one practice after they had told me that um, I got hit like three times in the, in an inner squad. And at the end at the end of the practice, Coach Gilly in a uh, in our team meeting brings out a ball with a band aid on it, and he flips it to me. It says, uh, "Good job, son," or whatever <laughs> in his in his words. But um, I still have that to this day. But it was just you know our our team motto being selfless and and relentless, getting on base, however means possible. And so once that happened, I I kind of had a shift in mentality of like, all right, I don't care if it's a walk, I don't care if it's a hit by pitch. Like, if I can get on base, I do not care what happens. And of course, I feel like that really helped me um, adjust to that higher competition and higher level of pitching. That you see at the D1 level compared to D2, um, and as a result, you know 500 on base, which probably is the most proud of I've ever been of, like whatever I've done in college. It's probably the most, you know, most pride I take and and doing that. I don't really care about you know how many hits I got, whatever, whatever. Just being able to say that you know I got on base half the times I was up. That was probably my biggest biggest big accomplishment. Time. Yeah, and the fact that you know I had I was a big stolen base threat once I got on. I was just causing chaos as, as you know as much as possible. I don't think we kept you know track of how many like 
throwing away balls that I caused this year, but I felt like it was a decent amount. I just I didn't really care what what happened once I got on base. I was just trying to cause as much chaos as possible, you which the, in turn helps you know our other guys see fastballs. So yeah, you're the only player that I've seen to ever do this, which is they try to pick you off. You step on the bag as soon as first baseman throws the ball back to the pitcher. You're hopping right off the mm-hmm. bag, just to I don't know make the pitcher hesitate or maybe drop the ball. Yeah, or just cause chaos, and that's exactly what you did. It was every time somebody try to pick you off, you go back to the bag, make mm-hmm. it back. As soon as they throw it, you're stepping off the bag. Yeah, uh, I end up throughout my career. I always like pick up things from other players. I actually played with a kid in summer ball in high school who did the same thing, and I I saw it was kind of kind of genius in the way because like. Pitchers, you know, they're always worried about something going on. And uh, <laughs> just to add that extra level of, of you know, chaos to their, to their, you know, outing, just I think is. Right, you're always moving. It. Yeah, always just always just being relentless with it. Now, as far as, did you start out this season being the leadoff hitter? I actually didn't. So uh, early on in the year, like I said, I, I told you I was struggling. Like, right. I wasn't hitting the ball well. And we actually had a freshman, Blake Barthel. He was doing exactly what I needed to be doing. And uh, early on in the spring, he was, you know, peppering balls, getting on base a ton. And he actually ended up being the leadoff guy to start off the year. And kind of seeing him do what he did, it was kind of weird because he's a freshman. But I, I looked at it, I was like, huh, like, what he's doing is what I need to be doing. So I almost looked up to him in a way. But uh, once the season kind of kept going, I kind of did what he did. And eventually, he, I think he went down for injury. So I went, ended up going back up, and I just mm-hmm. never moved back from then. You started playing well. I did. Mm-hmm. Getting hit with the ball, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Get on base. Um, I mean, crazy. you and Blake are about the same height. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Um, His story is incredible, too. He was unknown, and then he went to a camp, and our coaches found him. Really? Yeah. The next guy for I a didn't podcast. know that. I know he broke, he broke his, fin- his finger, so that's mm-hmm. why he was out. He's a good guy. I have to get him on here, too. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about you being 5'7". Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of 5'7". Short one short stops, I don't, and then second baseman, yeah. But I, what makes up for for your height is the way that you play. Like your playing style is, like you said, you, you cause chaos. Your agility, um, and then most importantly, how you think on the field. Mm-hmm. So just go over you being as tall as you are. I'm not gonna say short, but as tall as you are. Just like your playing style and like the mentality that you carry with you every day on the field. Yeah. Um, well, to me, like, I I try not to even look at it as an issue. It's been like that my entire life. I really have always been the the smaller kid on the field, one of the smallest probably. Um, but I remember, you know, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, so one of my favorite players I ever watched was Tariq Cohen. You know who that is, and <laughs> I remember he said some one time like interview. It's like once you start, you know, thinking about that that size that, you you know, you're at a disadvantage because your size, you're already putting yourself at a, you know, step back from other guys mentally. Right. So to me, I just, I try not even to view it as an issue in the first place. And I honestly, you know, don't see the problem with it. But uh, it's definitely, I mean, it can be a disadvantage if you look at it that way. But like I said, I just try not to really right. even think of it. Which you're also fast, which helps too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely helps. It makes up for your height, mm-hmm. um, just your quickness in general. But um, towards your end of the end of your career at Coastal, which your career is not over yet, um, 
I saw you walk out the field for the last time. Just how has Coastal grown on you mm-hmm. as a baseball player in one year and the impact that you made, the teammates that you uh, became family around you, the coaches, and just the environment of Coastal in general? How how much of an impact did Coastal have on you moving forward and that this place being the last place of your college career? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'll forever love this place coming here. The, the past year has been incredible, and I can't thank you know Coach Gilmore enough for bringing me here and the rest of the coaching staff. Um, throughout everything I've learned in one year in college, I can say that this year has probably been the one where I've probably you know learned the most in my life and you know, developed the most as a player and probably as a person too, just, just being here. So, yeah, walking off that field, I wasn't expecting it when, when he did it, but, yeah, he brought me off because the you know, game wasn't close. And uh, I was kind of just looking in the stands and like kind of thinking, wow, it's like it's the final time I'm, I'm stepping this, on this field as a player. So I was just kind of thankful for it and, you know, thankful for uh, to God that I was able to experience something like this for my final year of college. Right. I couldn't, you know, if you had told me a year ago at this time, this would how it'd be how it ended, you know, and this would be everything I experienced, I probably wouldn't have believed you. So in a good really way. Good. Yeah, in a good way. Right. I was sitting – Right above the dugout, that front row seat. It was that was t- one tough game against Duke, mm-hmm. but emotional. I'm glad that he took the time to let you have that moment, which is huge because mm-hmm. it's a lot of emotions that you have to go through. A lot of work went into you. You know, you coming off that the last time, um, but moving forward, going into the MLB draft, just what's the what's your process right now, and you getting prepared to move on to the next level. Mm-hmm and pretty much what you're doing right now to make sure that you're ready. Yeah, well, going into the season, all I asked for was just kind of a shot given my situation. Like, I'm an older guy, and, you know, scouts are always looking for that next young prospect. And I've been in college baseball for a long time, so I never got that shot before. So just in the the fact that I'm in this position right now to where I at least have a chance is, you know, is motivating me, you know, to be, you know, more than anything else that I can say. So... I'm really excited for it. Um, you know, it's no guarantee that I'll, I'll get a chance to play anywhere, but just the fact that I'm able to be in consideration for it is is enough to keep me going. Um, but right now I'm just, you know, working out at our facilities, um, still, you know, keeping in touch with our coaches, just having them talk to me and I'm talking to them and uh, working out with our strength coach. Uh, he's giving me stuff to do. So I'm just kind of just staying in shape. Ready to, ready to get going whenever somebody calls. Right. And he's been at a professional level as well. Yeah. It kind of helps you out mm-hmm. developing-wise. Um, so this podcast is about mentality and not only your mindset in the arena but outside the arena. What is kind of your mindset, um, not like superstition, but your mindset when you play? Mm-hmm. What's one thing that – whether you talk to yourself, a routine that you have, something that you uh, mentally go through as you prepare to play a game. Yeah, um, well, I try not to, even though there's a lot of pressure and I feel it before games, I try not to, I guess, you know, get too heavily, like, thinking about it and stuff. Um, Because at the end of the day, like, I'm known I I put in a lot of hard work to get where I am. And, you know, I could go out there and be 0 for 3. I could go out there and have the best game of my life, you know. It, it, baseball is a weird game. It's you go out there and you know, and actually you know feel really good, but not, not, you're not seeing any results. Kind of different that way from maybe basketball or football. But 
um, kind of just, you know, I actually had a, I got close to a lot of our uh, guys at Coastal here this past year. One of them was uh, Matt McDermott, and he was kind of giving me some advice throughout the year. And uh, he was like, you know, just just be grateful for this this experience. He said he'd, if he could go back, he would he would love it. And, you know, he he wishes he got more time. So he told me just to be thankful for this experience. Um, don't get too uh, psyched up. You know, keep your cool throughout the game. Um, stay level headed. And especially in the regional, when you have all those those people there, right? You you can get really tired, you know, just getting so psyched up and being crazy. But he told me to keep keep be level headed, uh, you know, keep your cool about you throughout the game, and that's something I try to carry on throughout, you know, my my, my playing tenure here. You played second base too, which he is, did. You yeah, played the same position, which is awesome. Yeah, I looked up to him in that way, just the way he played. So awesome. Um. As far as mentality, I guess it's, it takes us individuals to be, I guess, vulnerable mm-hmm. on here. What What's something that, as a college athlete, which I'm sure happens all the time with different athletes, something that you maybe struggled with mm-hmm. in the past or something that you've had to overcome in order to be, like, the great athlete that you are? Mm-hmm. Um, probably just overcoming selfishness and, and pride. Um I, I'm a big, like, looking into stats type person. Uh, so, like, you know, I always feel like I need to be the best player on a team. I need to do this. I need to do that. And at the end of the day, it's just, it's just not about that. It's about, you know, accomplishing something with a team of brothers that you have and, and being that, that person on a team that guys can look up to and uh, seeing what you do every day, day in and day out. And it's being, being a good friend for them. Um there's a lot of young guys on our team, especially this past year, a lot of new guys as well. And coming in, I kind of knew that I wasn't going to be here for a while. Um, I only had one year. So just kind of building that foundation for him uh, kind of set an example. Um, but, yeah, getting over, you know, my my own ego uh, of wanting to be the best, you know, it's it's not about that all the time. So You do your job and, and everybody else does there and let everything else take care of the rest. Mm-hmm. I mean, which it turned out to be good. You see where, I guess, where you guys started the season, or well, even in the spring, coming back in the spring. I, I didn't watch you guys in the fall, but inner squads coming out there watching that. And you guys starting off a little rocky to begin with, yeah. with the season. But to be the Sun Belt Conference champions in a regular season and then to host a regional was huge because – in the beginning of the season when uh, everybody had to go just to host a regional, host a regional, and then, of course, Sunbelt, and just give you guys an opportunity, which that's what you guys had. And to see that come into fruition, not only for you as a player, but as a team, like you said, is you don't see it every single every single school. Mm-hmm. So, um, As far as, just like to wrap it up, what what's one thing – as an athlete, because we always say, if I knew what I know now, sometimes as an athlete or maybe as a second baseman, maybe not the, the tallest guy on the field, but clearly the, the biggest part, but something that you would say to help somebody out there as far as their mentality and being an athlete to help them or help others, what would you say? I would say, like, being a you know, 
know, smaller guy and told by a lot of people in my lifetime that I wasn't going to be able to do this or do that. Don't ever believe anything that someone may tell you until you, you know, prove it yourself. You know, I had a lot of people tell me out of high school I couldn't play D1. I had a lot of people say that I couldn't do this or whatever. Um, but to me, I I stayed driven. I was I, w- I was on a mission to prove it to myself that what they said to me wasn't wasn't true. You know, um, just being 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 that guy. Um, you know, so I, I I wish I could have like some something like magical to say, but it's just you know if you have a goal in your life, don't don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it right. until you prove it to yourself that that you're able to do it. They can't so. Right. I mean, you did it. You're doing it right now, right? Hopefully, yeah. Um, all right, last question, and then I'll wrap it up for sure. Top three baseball players. Your top three. Go. Top three. Oh, man. Um, I'll start off an oldie. Uh, Bobby Richardson, you probably maybe heard of him or not. He's the only player to ever get MVP in the World Series that – wasn't on the winning team. Wow. And this was, he played for Yankees back in like 19, I think it was around the 60s and maybe early 70s. But uh, he was actually my dad's coach in college okay. at Liberty University. And he was exactly like me. He was a smaller second baseman, probably about 5'8, five, 5'9. Five, and I read his book. And uh, after that, he kind of became one of my favorite, favorite athletes, baseball players, I guess. Uh, more modern. I would say probably Dustin Pedroia. Mm-hmm. His mentality is something I I, I try to copy in my in my playing style. Uh, that that grittiness that he had, um, and then I'll do one current. Uh, Nick Madrigal plays for the uh, Cubs right now. He was on the White Sox, uh, went to Oregon State, but he's once again a smaller second baseman. Hits for a lot of contact and uh, has some speed too. So uh, yeah, those would be my probably three. You're not guys. a Braves fan. Um, I'll root for the Braves. Backwards. Yeah, uh, it's kind of weird. My my dad's from Chicago, so I I uh, you I said Bears to, Cubs. Yeah, yeah Bears Cubs. Uh, a little bit of White Sox too. I kind of like both. It's weird, but uh, I've gone to probably the most Braves games out of all baseball teams. Right. Um, Ozzy Albies, he's a great he's a great player. Right, you gotta love right him. Now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Everybody loves the Braves. Yeah, especially then, in South Carolina. Oh yeah, Braves country all around <laughs> the South. Braves, and you got Panthers fans. Yep. You Falcons fan or no? Oh man, a little, a little bit. Sorry. I like to see him do well, but I won't. I don't have. I won't NFL go crazy. Um, no, just moving forward. Uh, I appreciate you being on here for one, but also with the draft coming up, just good luck in the draft. Mm-hmm. Hope you stay healthy, and I mean, just having a shot, and that's all you could ask for. But I know with your mentality and how you play, and seeing you play, putting the team first, you want to have the best opportunity to, to give yourself mm-hmm. a long career. I need a jersey signed. I don't care. Single A, double A, triple A, low A, high A. But I'll follow you, and um, I know my dad will. But just keep in touch and get a jersey signed and some tickets and see you. Awesome. I appreciate like you. Make it happen. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Appreciate it.